his horses to plow, he started in. When she, she said, Charlie, dear, I'd like to see this world go round again. So a nothing they did go, my boys, a nothing they did go. With a white cockade all in our hats, we'll cut a gallant show. <laughs> I'm Jesse. And I'm Mario. And this is MMFW, a podcast about all the things in politics, pop culture, and beyond that make us feel weird. Mario, what type of things make you feel weird? <laughs> Literally most things. <laughs> um, when people dance in their chairs, like, <laughs> like when, when people are in a place like on the bus and they're like dancing to themselves, that really makes me feel <laughs> uncomfortable watching them. Um, everything about Mike Pence makes me feel weird. Yeah, um, his smile makes me feel his weird. His smile makes me feel weird. Um, the Donald Trump and Melania Trump first dance as president definitely made me feel weird. Oh, every time Trump, every time Trump does anything with Ivanka, it makes me feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> so we will, we're going to talk about anything that makes us feel weird. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess sort of the origins of this is... We have a tendency to... Feel very uncomfortable in a lot of situations. <laughs> feel uncomfortable very easily about, about things and sort of... We're you very know, high, we have a very high sensitivity to discomfort. Yeah, we cringe a lot. And I guess <laughs> we started noting between the two of us when things would make us cringe and when things would make us feel weird and we developed this sort of acronym. So anytime something happened that makes us feel weird, we would sort of text each other MMFW. And so we decided to start cataloging that and we would sort of keep this this ongoing online list of all of the things that make us feel weird. And it sort of ranges it ranges from everyday things like, you know, like small talk and certain pleasantries that you exchange with people <laughs> or things that happen in pop culture, like the whole Amber Rose, Kanye West, Twitter fingers thing. And then, <laughs> of course, politics and all the shit that's been happening with all of that. So it really is kind of a compilation of, of anything and everything that makes us feel weird. Um, and we can't help but talk about politics because it's sort of the most current relevant thing happening right now. Um, so if you want to start with the orange elephant in the White House, yes. <laughs> um, should we talk about the Trump press conference? Yeah, I, and I think the thing with this is, you know, a lot of people, like when they hear politics, they cringe and just the idea of talking about politics makes them feel weird. But I, I think we're kind of in a time where you can't shy away from that shit. Like, I hate when people say don't talk about politics. Like, to me, that, that means either you have a shitty position on something and you don't want to be called out for it, or you are really apathetic. And I think both those things are bad. So politics will definitely be a part of this, but it's not the only thing. Like, we're going to talk about, you know, everything. You're talking about drag race and, you know, any pop culture stuff. Like, we're going to be all over the place. We're going to be uncomfortable so many times and by, in so many different ways. And, and not because drag queens make us feel weird. They make us feel great. No, actually. drag queens are a solace in this cold, dark world. <laughs> but um, we'll, get, we'll get to them. So, uh, yeah, Trump has had a hell of a four weeks. And every, it seems like every day he says something that is super weird. And you just can't believe he said it. But I guess he woke up yesterday 
And he decided that he was going to throw a press conference. And apparently in the White House, no one was prepared for this. Like these press conferences take a while to set up. And so everyone was sent scrambling. No one had any idea what it was going to be about. And he goes out there and he basically rants for about an hour and 15 minutes. And he spends <laughs> he spends a lot of time criticizing the media, which is such an obvious kind of ploy. And I think that's what kills me about Trump a little bit. It's not... It's not that he has followers, but it's that those followers don't see what he's doing. And like, if someone criticizes him and then he turns around and says, that's fake news, it's obvious that he's trying to discredit the criticism and not kind of, you know, take it into account. So it's super awkward when he does it. And then you have these people who are like, Donald Trump tells it like it is. He's so honest and trustworthy. But so he does, he does this press conference and it's amid all of these allegations of Russia and all of these different things. But, you know, aside from the fact that aside from the fact that he uh you know may be compromised by russia big mmfw with that is this idea that there are these videos floating around of trump watching hookers piss on each other and so and that's also one of those things is you can 100 percent believe that he does that oh he yes does that. The, the pissing the piss, controversy yeah, the the compromat as they call it uh, <laughs> that he's compromised um and russian intelligence has shit on him but so he does this whole thing and there are a couple things to me that really did he address that in the press conference? He just said he just said Russia is not a thing, and I've been hard on Russia. And then he said, "Does anyone here think Hillary would be harder on Russia?" And everyone was just really quiet because they felt weird. Because of course she would be harder. But the the two things that really MMFW, like the, he, the million things are shitty that he does, but the two things that really MMFW, this Jewish guy who I believe was Orthodox, but I'm not sure. He stands up and and he he asks a journalist a journalist. He asks this question. And he goes to great lengths to kind of not pin any sort of anti-Semitic action on Trump. But there's no denying that there's a lot of that swirling around the campaign. Yes. But he goes to great lengths to not say you're anti-Semitic. But he asks a question about the rise of anti-Semitic sentiment and threats over the past 40 days, which has been a legitimate thing. And Trump basically turns around and says, I am the least anti-Semitic person you'll ever meet. Now sit down and be quiet because you're a liar. You said that that question was going to be easy and you threw me this terrible question. <laughs> and he sort of just, in the same breath as he said he wasn't anti-Semitic, he just told the Jewish dude to sit down and shut up. I mean, can we just say we went from arguably one of the most articulate presidents in history, I mean, at least in modern history, recorded history, to this man who can barely speak and anything that's above monosyllabic. I mean, just his tweets, his constant misspelling. He doesn't know how to spell honored. He speaks at like a third grade level. It's just like, this is bad. And I don't know, is it because he speaks like this? Or is it because he's trying to reach a certain segment of the population? Maybe both. Either way, it's super weird. He can barely read. He reads at the pace of a kindergartner. He can barely read. When he reads that fucking teleprompter, I've never seen anything like it. He's like squinting. He's like... <laughs> the fake news media and then and then to, to make it seem like he's not reading he'll then very go, awesome very fake folks very, very bad fake. like he'll kind of very bad yeah he'll like repeat it he'll repeat it to the group as if he's like proving that he's not reading this and then it's an original thought but yeah so that was that was a bad one that he went off and then he used it as a way of spinning off saying that they also had a lot of black people and women voting for him and the women thing is true but the black people thing not, I mean, compared to other Republicans, sure, it's true. But just in general, no. No, I mean, maybe Ben Carson. Yeah, it was just Ben Carson. Maybe. maybe maybe Ben Carson. Maybe that guy who owned the pizza chain in the last election. Oh. Um, maybe those Herman two. Yes, Cain. maybe no, those are the two that, black people. 
that was another thing that MFW, when he met with Steve Harvey, and he's like, Steve Harvey and I are going to work on the inner cities. And it's like, why does he think why? that Steve <laughs> what Harvey and Ben Carson? Steve Harvey? <laughs> it's because they're black. <laughs> that it, it trumps mine. You know, black people are going to fix the inner cities because he associates any inner city problems with black people. And, and, and they all know each other. Right, and they all know each other, which brings me to the second thing that happened in this MFW press conference, which <laughs> April Ryan, who has been a White House reporter for like 20 years, April Ryan stands up and she says, will you be including the CBC in your inner city initiatives and discussions about the plans for what you do to inner city? And first Trump says to her. And what's the CBC? Well, that's what Trump asks. And she says the Congressional Black Caucus. And he goes, I love the Black Caucus. I would, I would love to set up a meeting. Can, do you know them? Are they friends of yours? You could set up the meeting. <laughs> he just assumed that April Ryan knew the Black Caucus and that, that she worked for him. Yes. Of course. And treated her like a secretary. And she just looked at him and said, I'm a reporter. That's not my job. But So that MFW, when he told a black reporter to set up a meeting with other black people because he assumed that they knew each other. So the assumption is definitely if you are minority, then you should probably know all the other people in your minority group. Yeah, and this, and this is something that he's been dinged for a lot, actually, was this the way he talks about the inner cities and the way he talks about it as a black problem instead of a poverty level problem like people in the inner cities socioeconomic right the inner city problem is not because of black people it is because anyone who lives under a certain you know there's more crime if you're if you're you know under a certain economic threshold and that sort of thing like but, but trump course. always frames it like a like a black thing and that's gotten in a lot of trouble but he you know it just rolls off his back and he gets away with everything which again we don't know if that's by design or if that is something that he is just assuming or maybe he knows that it is reaching his certain base of followers i think i do i think it's probably that i think it's probably it's reaching his base and it's you know it's it's resonating with them because plenty of these people are equally as poor, but because they live in the middle of nowhere, they don't deal with the same problems that the inner cities have. And so they just assume, well, you know, I, my area doesn't have the problem. But, uh, you know, when you live in a fucking trailer right. in the middle of nowhere. Right. And you blame uh, you know, your problem. And you want a scapegoat for your problem. So he's certainly yeah. capitalizing on that. Yeah. Um, in, in just going back to how um, he speaks like a third grader if that being generous <laughs> can we just talk about um when he said he wasn't really a bad person by the way and then he said i do get good ratings you have to admit that yeah but from who good, his, what does that approval, mean exactly good his ratings approval rating his approval rating is historically low his disapproval rating is historically high now i do think hillary clinton would have had some of the same problems simply because they were both disliked, but yes. hers would not. Her first forty days would not have been as sort of riddled with scandal. Like you would have seen people kind of reaching for things, but not, like Trump has literally fucked up like every other day at this point. And and you know it's it's really been kind of remarkable. But he has this idea that he gets amazing ratings, and then after the press conference was over, he said, "Oh, you know, Rush Limbaugh said it was the greatest press conference he's ever seen." I mean, it was unhinged. <laughs> It was like, it was just him. He just yells fake news at everyone. I, I definitely do agree with you. I think that Clinton would have inherited certain things that, you know, 
were on her radar from the election right. even like right. Benghazi and Oh god we would still be hearing about Benghazi all and of her, her husband's fucking emails. bullshit and and the I emails know. but that wouldn't right. have been anything that she had done while she was in office she would have just inherited because people can't let it go and the GOP can't seem to let it go and want to just harbor on it forever I mean look Chaffetz Jason Chaffetz has already said that he's not interested in going on a fishing expedition for Trump's Russia connections, but he is still trying to prosecute someone from Hillary Clinton. It's, he's the guy who helped set up her email server, who was given immunity from the government, by the way, in exchange for his, his testimony about her emails. But Chaffetz is now saying he's going after him. And it's like, Trump is fucking watching Russian hookers piss on each other, and Jason Chaffetz is still talking about her fucking emails, and she's not even in government. It's, it's really unbelievable. Well, she's just always going to be this villain in the Republican rhetoric. And I think a lot of that is just basic misogyny to a certain extent. Right. I think a lot of it has to do with, and this plagued, I think, Jeb Bush as well in the primaries, is their legacies. I think they've inherited them for good or bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is why it gave room for an outsider like Trump to get in in the first place. Yeah, no, and I think... Um, you know, and her her flaws are sort of well documented. And I think ultimately her role now is going to have to be she helps shepherd sort of the next generation. And she brings kind of, I mean, Democrats need to bring in new blood because we've got this. There's there's a sort of per- pervasive idea about liberals right now. And I know it's mostly among Trump supporters, but unfortunately, they are like 46 percent of the population or whatever you have know, the voting population, I should say. Yeah, we've we've got a Democrats got to make some adjustments. And, you know, as much as I think Hillary would have been, you know, a fine president and made a lot of correct decisions, um, you know, a far more qualified president. Well, I I think it would have just it would have been it would have been very even. I don't think we would have had this this kind of chaos that we have right now. You're like you have Steve Bannon sitting in on the fucking national security. You have all of these people after Michael Flynn quit. All these people are like, no, thank you. Like all of these well-decorated you know, admirals and things like that, that no one wants to be part of this administration. And then Trump turns around and says at his press conference, we're running like a fine-tuned machine. Right. And, pe- for, and he's put people in jobs uh, um, that are completely unqualified for the positions that they've... Oh, my, everyone's unqualified. Everyone's unqualified that he's put in. The head of the EPA, the guy he just put as head of the EPA, has like several pending lawsuits against the EPA for their regulations. So he basically has put someone who hates the EPA in front of the EPA, and now, you know, they're going to roll back all of that stuff. And no one no one seems to care. Is he involved in some sort of oil company? I don't know all the details. His name is Pruitt. He, he was involved with discussing regulations. He was the attorney general of, of his state, and he was involved in discussing regulations with oil companies about how to proceed. So he's on record being in the pocket of oil companies, and now he's, you know... Running the EPA, because of course he is. Yeah, a lot of people in his cabinet now that um, obviously have conflict of interest um, or are just flat out unqualified for the positions that they're in. It just has no, it has no, the word conflict of interest, the phrase conflict of interest has no meaning in this administration. You know, if No, you, I mean in his whole family. Right, even. right. So, oh my God, his whole fucking family. That MMFW, his son's MMFW, just the way they're like, they're like little little mouth breeders. Oh, I thought of someone else who MFW, but we'll get there. So let's move on. <laughs> so just if we can just get back on one note while we were talking about Hillary and um, strong black women, if we can also <laughs> talk about 
Melania Trump and his question, uh, the question in the press conference about Melania and how Trump addressed it as a nice question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that some some right wing outlet put this guy in and he, a plant. A plant. I mean, he was he was essentially a plant. Trump has what they've done is they've given seats to outlets which they know are sympathetic. And these outlets, uh, I believe, his question was something like, "How is Melania enjoying being the first lady?" or some bullshit, you know. And Melania hasn't even been in the White House. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and Trump like like kind of stopped, and before he answered, he was like, "That was a nice question. Like, what outlet are you from?" And, like made it. Like, <laughs> It, it's it's honestly like it, it it makes me uncomfortable, but also like it's it's there's kind of this undercurrent of sinisterness and like like this is not a normal way of running things. Like we're not doing a press conference to promote a movie. Like we're not. This is not all fun, you know, with celebrities. He's running the fucking country, and so when you have this person kind of picking and choosing what he's going to talk about, and anyone who criticizes him is he he just tweeted yesterday that they're enemies of America. That is some scary fucking shit. Well, I'm sorry. People are, I know, think it's a bit hysterical, but it's not um, unfair to compare him to Hitler and a dictatorship and a totalitarian regime um, and the way he's been singling out certain ethnic groups and minorities in the same way. It's a big step backwards. Yeah, no, and I, I, I think that I think that Trump lacks sort of the strategy of a lot of the most infamous fascists throughout history I, I i don't think he really knows what he wants beyond he wants to be adored which is sort of why he held this press conference and why he also held this rally today yes so he could just be surrounded by and people worshipped. who were cheering his name right that's all he really cares about like i actually don't i think ultimately trump is not someone who is necessarily racist i think he is he is a racial opportunist he sees exploiting racial biases as a way of getting power and fame for himself. Like, yes. I, but I also do think that he probably, just based on things that he said, he probably does not really think too highly of other races. No, and he's been living in this ivory tower of his right. for such a long time. So I don't even think that he has a real grasp of other races. I mean, he's very much part of an old boys club. Um, the real estate and his empire and his old money. So he's not even familiar with really how the everyman lives. And I think, like you said, I think he is not a flat out racist, but he is an opportunist. And really his end goal was just business. I think it's twofold. I think it's business and also just ego. Yeah. No, I think that, that all he's really interested in is is kind of reaching you know, legacy status and, and being remembered. Uh, unfortunately for him, him, I think that he is going to be remembered for the wrong thing. So this is not a sustainable administration. Like, I don't necessarily know that he's going to be impeached right away, but this is not something that can last the way he is running this country. And sooner or later, real crises are going to emerge, you know, crises that are handled by adults typically. And we're going to really see what he does. And I suspect it's not going to be great. And, you know, I, and I think the world will go from there. You know, we also have things like his tax returns, which again, you know, whole, the, throughout the whole campaign. I'm, Unbelievable. I'll release them when the audit's done. I'll release them when the audit's done. Audit's done. 
he's president. Can we see your tax returns? Oh, no one cares about that. Like, to me, that is so obvious. This is so obvious what he did. And then his supporters go, well, we don't really need to see them. And it's like, no. you motherfuckers. Like, that is he like... He was enabled to do that shit, though. Right, no, it's, it's like so... It's so... It's just gross. Like, get that orange dick out of your mouth. So speaking of gross... Darlie Routier, I listened to another fabulous podcast called My Favorite Murder. Shout out to My Favorite Murder podcast. And um, they talk about different murders every week. And one of them was about this woman who made this 911 call, said that an intruder um, came in, like sliced her throat, took her kids, but she still lived, obviously. And it was she was sort of had a weird affect and her interview was kind of strange and then her kids died and so she and then a week later she was at the cemetery throwing her like dead kids a birthday party and singing them a happy birthday and throwing silly string everywhere um but the most MMFW thing that she I've seen her do was a YouTube video of um, her singing You're Still the One to her son Drake. So I'm going to play that audio now. I'm glad we didn't listen. Look at what we would be missing. Listen, I bet they'll never make it. But just look at us go and hold. A lot of the we'll singing, just to describe it for you, the eyes are closed. Um, she's doing a lot of the ear, the, ha- the finger the one, and the ear, so the she could do the. Um, oh no, the Mariah Carey. Yes. No. Well, okay, so, so do, so do they think the she killed them? Um. So yes. So I think she's in jail. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but Jesus because Christ. I don't even know that she would have initially been a suspect, but just the bizarre behavior and the kind of fame whore behavior made her a suspect. So um, I, I don't even know a lot about the case. It just came up on one of the episodes. And then on that Facebook group I'm in, they posted, they said, this is the fucking scariest thing you've ever, weirdest fucking thing you'll ever see. And it, and it really was probably the most mmfw video that i've seen this week yeah uh, uh, very weird a very weird um another person that makes us feel equally if not more weird is milo i can't even milo. say his last name i think it's like yiannopoulos hey, milo you know, he, non-american milo no, yeah no i mean so the the sort of the news with him was that he was on bill maher i believe it was last night and they, they did a couple segments they did one segment where milo and Bill kind of chatted one-on-one. And what MFW about this was that Bill was like really soft on him. And I, and I Well, he's always like shouting yeah, at the TV. Yeah. So like, why the fuck are you going so soft on Milo all of a sudden? It was really weird. And like, I get Bill has always has long said that liberals are too sensitive, which I don't disagree. No. And he said he's long said that um, humor and commentary should not be censored. And so those are sort of two things that Milo hits really hard. And so I think Bill sort of sees a little bit of a kindred spirit in him in that in that mm-hmm. way that they disagree on on most policy, I think. But, you know, that that it was really weird to watch because Bill just kind of let him just go on and on. Also, MMFW, Milo 
like brought his gay up to an 11 for sure. She wore she wore yes. a, like several pearl necklaces. She f- There was a lot of contouring on her face. Oh my god, she flopped about, you know, flailed around. She used the word fabulous like seven times. Like like really playing up the gay. And this is part of Milo's thing. Is Milo loves to say, "Well, how can you attack me, you know, when I'm a gay guy who loves black dick?" And now, you know, that's that's what he says, right? And that one yeah, I, I don't know that there's any proof that you like black no. dick necessarily, unless there's like a sex tape out there. But but you know, also just because you're gay doesn't mean you're not homophobic. Doesn't mean you're not transphobic. Doesn't mean you're not a racist. He's obviously transphobic. He obviously is. Def- uh right. I mean, and even if you suck black dick, that doesn't mean you're not racist. Plenty of misogynists are attracted to women. I mean, slave owners raped their slaves. Right. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you're not sort of bigoted in some way just because you're attracted sexually to someone. But, you know, so so there was this first section where Milo just kind of flailed around and, oh, I'm so fabulous. Like, you know, and I'm so... And, and he would do this thing too where Bill would kind of call out things that he'd said and he'd sort of like coyly kind of giggle and look away like he like like oh i'm not that bad you know like that sort of bullshit and it was like this really weird act that he was doing right and he, he came he was softer than he has yes, been 100 like this was 100 percent an image choice yes. for him knowing this was his biggest audience maybe he's ever had yes and and knowing that this he was going to come off as a fairly reasonable which changed in a moment, but fairly reasonable, kind of soft, kind of fun, foppish kind of queen. And he did that for a while. And shame on Bill sort of for not really hitting him harder on some of his bullshit. But then we got into that panel. Yes. Where they were all talking and holy shit. I mean, it, it just, the big thing for me with the with the Milo panel thing was he was talking about um, the trans bathroom stuff, and to me, the trans bathroom stuff is such an it's such an easy issue. If you if you kind of recognize that trans people, no one goes through what trans people go through, with the idea that they're going to sneak into a bathroom and attack women and children. Because let's be real, if they really wanted to rape someone, you know, there is no sort of gender test before you walk into a bathroom. You open a fucking door and you walk in. Like so, uh, they could be a you know a masculine presenting male. And hide out in a women's room and attack women. Like that's not, it is not a good kind of ploy to dress up like a woman and hang out in the women's room. So it doesn't even make sense from like a crime perspective. Well, and generally speaking, I certainly don't have um, records offhand, but the rate of transgender crime in general is very low. Um, right. There's right. A, and certainly violent crime. So well, my, Milo tried to pretend like that that they are a really violent group. But then he wasn't able to provide citations for that. Everyone at the table was kind of like, what? Well, that's a lot of fucking work to go through to try to right. rape someone in the fucking bathroom. Like, if you really want to rape someone, you just go in and rape them. You don't need to dress up like a woman and get <laughs> on hormones and get your name legally changed right. and do all that fucking shit. Like, that is, right. that is ludicrous that you would go into that trouble. <laughs> and it is, of course, very harmful to the perception of the transgender community who already have a lot of biases and prejudices against them, especially from the alt-right that he appeals to. So What's really fucked is what, what he ended up doing, and this, um, I think it was Larry Wilmore called him out on, was he started talking about how, you know, they're a threat, they shouldn't be allowed in these bathrooms. He was like purposefully you know, quote unquote, misgendering them, you know, using the the pronouns with which, you know, they were born versus how they identify. Um, what Milo doesn't seem to get or he doesn't want to get 
is these exact same arguments used against gay people. Like, if anything, Milo is as much of a threat to men in the men's room as trans women are to of course. cisgender women. And, and, so, but, and so when Wilmore said that, Milo said, well, it was wrong then, but it's true now. And that's just lewd. That's just ridiculous. That is just like, like that, around that point in the discussion, uh, Wilmore just told him to go fuck himself. And, you know, and everything started to break down because he doesn't have, he doesn't have an argument. Like, and then he started insulting the, it, it started to crumble for him, you could tell. And Mar, Bill Mar again, sort of stepped back. And he, yeah, he actually was a, like a, I don't, I don't like to like throw this word around, but he was like a little transphobic himself. Like he was very much, not, he said that it was a legitimate concern, this bathroom thing. And I don't know that there's actually been a single documented case of a transgender person attacking someone. No, not that we've heard of. And I think if there was, honestly, people that are so biased against this in the first place would be citing it. Yeah, no. I think we'd be hearing about it if it had actually happened. And so Mark kind of let him get away with it. And it's weird. Even when Milo was attacking comedian friends of Bill Mars, he was sort of like, well, I don't want to attack, you know, I like I know. And And it's like, what is wrong with you, She's also on an HBO show. And um, I I don't understand because if you watch him on a regular show, Bill Maher, he's always like so fucking angry and like shouting at the TV. So I'm frustrated, one, that people give him a forum because right. I think now he's reaching a broader base than he used to. Yeah. Um, and I don't understand, because this kind of happened when Trevor Noah had Tommy Laren on, uh, too. Or Tammy, uh, or whatever, how whatever. the, how no, the like fuck you say her, her name. name. I always call her Tanya on Twitter. Tanya. I want to give her a real name. Yeah, but no, she's, I mean, well, this, this. Uh, I actually have a friend who, who was saying how he was at that taping of, of that show with Milo. And if you listen to the taping, you can hear one man in the audience. Clapping. Sh- clapping. And my friend said that that was Milo's boyfriend. Whooping it up. Whooping it up. You know, and yeah. it's just like, just like Trump stacks his audience with staff members to clap at his random fucking press conferences. You know, Milo kind of had this guy and this guy was cheering for him. I mean, it was clear the audience was not on Milo's side. No. But, uh, you know, but and then like the thing is, if Milo says something and you think it's stupid, he calls you a snowflake. And it's not right. that Milo says things that are offensive. He just... Uh, they are offensive to some people, but it's not that I it's not that I find them offensive. I just think they're stupid and they don't make sense. And he's a cunt for saying them. Essentially, you know, I it's not uh, I don't I'm not shocked or shaken or like emotionally upset by anything that comes out of his mouth. No, he's just he's just wrong because he can't hurt us like right. that. And he said that to Bill, like, well, they're just right. words and they can't really hurt. But also, that is what essentially cyberbullying is and bullying. Like, well, you know, he did say that that I thought was really interesting and wrong was he said that um, words on the internet don't hurt people right. and they've never hurt people. And that's bullshit. That's bullshit. You have, we have so many stories about these kids killing, killing themselves, themselves because of cyberbullying. And, you know, just obviously words do matter. I do think people are too sensitive and I do wish sometimes people would just ignore trolls. I wish people would ignore Milo. I wish people would not protest when he comes around because I just feel like that's what he wants. Like he sat there just lapping it up every time someone in the audience was offended. 1,000%. I mean, I think I think he obviously sounds sort of educated. He has a posh accent, at least. I don't know if it's put on or not. It feels so put on, doesn't it? It feels so fake. But I think that he is maybe like Trump, another opportunist, and he just yep. wants mm-hmm. to be famous, and he knows by being a gay guy who says outrageous things yep. um, on the alt-right, it will get him a lot of attention, and it's worked. And um, 
in a way, we're really rewarding that behavior. So that's a bummer, actually, when people do that. No, I, I think that it's 100%. Like, I, I sort of don't believe that he believes some of the things that he says because no. they're so provably wrong. And he doesn't seem like an idiot. He seems no. like someone who is saying things because he knows he will be able to get more acclaim from bigots, yes. bigots who he, you know, kind of appeals to than by mainstream people. Because, you know, look, a well-spoken gay in the liberal sphere, a dime a dozen, right? Yes. You're not, you're not breaking down any barriers with that. Anderson Cooper, I'm looking right, at you. Right, please. Right. Hi, Anderson. But, you know, <laughs> with Milo, Milo saw this, you know, I could be the only gay in the village on the right, essentially. And, you know, and so that's kind of the route he has chosen. And... I just wish people would stop feeding Yes, him. don't feed the trolls. But at least he's been kicked off Twitter. Yeah, no, and I think it's good. Well, and then, and then you know, like, and then similarly, I think just going back to Tanya for a second, Tommy Lauren or however you say yes. her last name. You know, she is someone who clearly saw, and I think Fox News grooms women for this in some way. She saw an well, opportunity. Well, they're always blonde bimbos. Right, exactly. She saw an opportunity for a, a pretty blonde sorority girl type yes to kind of become loud and angry and yes. anti-liberal and pro-gun and pro-america yes and liberal snowflake and all this fucking shit like you watch her videos and have a and have a stripper name that ends with an i right like that is like the strip like you're not allowed to not be a stripper if your name ends with an i, I feel like. <laughs> and, and so you know and and she she is someone who has seen that she can get a lot of attention for doing it. And she has gotten a lot of attention for it. And, you know, on the one hand, good for you, uh, Tammy, for getting this. But on the other hand, you know, you watch her videos and they're so, oh my God, they're so, talk about Snowflake. She just sits there quivering with anger and she's so, you know, indignant. And, oh my God, I can't believe this. Shouting. Shouting. And it's just, you know, it's it's such a fucking act and it's like exhausting to watch and i can only watch like little bits at a time and then i turn it off i typically just send it to you and say look what this bitch is saying but i know and she you know and she's just i i in in some ways i think it's worse what people like her and milo do and that they don't even i don't think they really even believe what they're saying but they know that they can get notoriety for saying it and that's they're doing yes um you know at least they're just fame fucking whores they're just fame whores right they're fame whores and so, you know, that's great. They're never going to go anywhere, especially her, because, I mean, maybe she'll get a commentating job on Fox News, but I think she's... Reach for the stars, t- Tammy. Right, B-list, but yeah, so... Well, she's then, certainly... Megyn Kelly certainly had enough, so um, maybe there's an opening for her. Well, Megan, And even Megyn Kelly got sick of the rights shit, and she's like, you know what? I think I'm going to... Peace out for a while. Well, you could just see a lot of men um, maybe not wearing pants in uh, sleeveless shirts just with the beer brewski in their hand yelling, yeah, Tammy. Oh, God. Yeah, Tommy. Right. If there's one thing that conservative white people love, it's like tokenism. So like, like conservative people love black people who talk, speak against black people. Like, you know, they love that. What they'll do is you'll find that. Remember that one black kid, that C.J. Pearson kid. Oh yes, he used to he used to talk shit about President Obama. Yes, and and white middle middle aged white people just fucking put this kid on a pedestal. You're so articulate. You're so right. You should run for president. I'd vote for you. One, it's a way of them proving that they're not racist. They're not they racist. They would vote for this little this little token black kid. It's there. You know. I have. I have plenty of black friends. Right. That's, well, I mean, Trump has literally actually said that. He has actually kind of kind of made that reference but like you know so they 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 put these people and same with with milo 
I can't be anti-gay people. I like Milo. And it's like, do you like Milo? I think you tolerate the fact that Milo's gay. If he's even fucking gay, who knows? But taking him at his word on this one, you know, you tolerate that because you like what he's saying. And then you use him as kind of an emblem about how not bigoted you are. You know, they, they love that. So they, so they love with, with Tomy. You know, they criticize millennials, but they love this millennial. It helps that she's hot and they probably, you know, jerk off to her screaming. Of course. Of course. Um, and she is very pretty. Um, she could probably use a nail when she's pointing at the at the TV. Uh, she should use a nail and she should maybe calm down on the makeup because this isn't a drag show. This is just, this is HD internet video. <laughs> her... Her lighting, her lighting could be better, maybe. Yeah, can, maybe call, call someone from World of Wonder and get a lighting. World of up. Wonder, yes, I think she needs, she needs, she needs a gay friend, at least one gay friend. She will never have gay friends. She I think, needs I think one. She is someone. I'm surprised Milo has gay friends. He probably um, he has people that he pays to um, contour his face, maybe, and do his highlights. Right. Well, he was cri- he was criticizing Bill Maher's makeup person. And you know that bitch was behind the scenes being like, he asked for every every line on his face. All of it. All of it. He asked for all of it. All and of then it. Bill criticized him as soon as he came out. I need more highlighter. And, and then he crit- and then he threw her under the bus or him under the bus as soon as he came right, out. Right under the bus. Yeah. So not in the political world. Um, we live, we're very fragile snowflakes that live in a delicate city like Los Angeles. And we have been taken over by Stormwatch. Uh-huh. Uh, the biggest storm of the maybe t- the past 10 years. And so we're still in recovering from that. Um, I think it was emotionally devastating for Los Angelinos. Is that what we call ourselves? Um, I, I think... It wouldn't be unfair to say that this was sort of our Hurricane Sandy. Sure. Um, we're still recovering. Uh, well, you know, it, it was it was it was pretty bad, and I think what I think part of the problem with LA one is sort of the stereotype about LA is that no one knows how to drive in a range, and I think that's true to an extent. But it is a hundred percent fucking true. I almost got into a couple accidents on the way home because cars were just I don't know what they were doing. But, There's um, two types of people in the rain. They drive like they have to drive five miles per hour because they're mm-hmm. going to get killed. And then there are those fuckers who have a death wish and are going to drive 100 miles an hour and just hydroplane and kill people with them. Yeah, no, you do have the people who drive really aggressive. Well, I think those are the people who come from out of town because so much of L.A. is people coming from worse climates that they think, oh, and this is no this is no oh. big deal. But part of the part of the actual safety issues, I think I never thought of it that way. Yeah, no, I think part of the safety issues with rain in LA is one, when things have been dry for a really long time and they've been hot for a long time, um, rain one can make asphalt really slick. But also we're really prone prone to landslides and flash flooding because drought soil like soil that has been in drought for a long amount of time doesn't do well with retaining water. The water just kind of rushes through it and breaks through it. Mm. So, I mean, there were a couple of things yesterday where not only did power go out in a bunch of places from trees falling over from the wind, but a couple sinkholes opened up. Like, there was one in Studio City that just swallowed two cars. I mean, we should call <laughs> Sean Penn to come know, out and Jesus. help. Where's Sean Penn when you need him? But it le- legitimately, you know, swallowed a couple cars. And, you know, so so there were aspects of it that were legit. I was a little disappointed because I expected it to last for longer. It was like sunny by this morning. So I just feel like we were lied to, you know, by the fake news media. By the by the fake news media, um, they said it was going to be all weekend, and it certainly wasn't. I know. Well, it's 
supposed to start up again. I know. Um, but but my power did go out to take some power grids down. It created yeah. a lot more traffic in a city that does not need more motherfucking traffic. Yeah. Um, so we did feel the effects. So I I hope that for those of you who don't live in Los Angeles, your hopes and prayers are with us that Please. we can make it through this rain weekend, this, this storm watch weekend. Pray for us. In more positive news, Kim Jong-nam who is Kim Jong-un's half-brother, was apparently assassinated. Did you hear about this? Is, is this positive? It, it is positive in that it gives me a chuckle. <laughs> it gives me a chuckle not to hear that somebody is killed, but that this man is so insane. The Kim Jong-un oh, I... is so insane that he has, and this is allegedly, because who knows with the dodgy fucking right. North Korean events, right. allegedly right. he's had his mother killed, he's had a lot of other family members killed because he is so afraid of losing his throne. Um, right. And basically they are puppet regimes put in, I think they're, they're put in by China um, because without China's support, they wouldn't really be able to run financially, economically. So I think he is so afraid of his fragile position in the, in the North Korean government that he's just going to be murdery with half-brothers, mothers, who knows? Maybe sons in the future. Well, I think what, what's crazy, what's crazy about this assassination thing is that so this guy apparently had been kicked out of North Korea several years ago. I think over a decade ago because he was caught sneaking into Japan, I believe, because he was trying to take his kid to Disneyland, and so he got caught with a fake passport and he was kicked out of North Korea. And so he's been sort of this. And he's a secret kid. He's a secret, unacknowledged kid. Yeah, and he's been sort of an exile. He's been sort of an exile, him and I guess his, his son. Um, so this guy was walking through an airport and some, something happened. Someone came up to him. Someone touched him in some way. And he immediately started to feel ill. And so he what goes, the fuck? Well, so he goes, so he goes to um, some sort of information desk and he says, you know, someone grab me. I don't feel good. I, you know, and he just collapses and he dies. Comes out. And this is really fucking insane comes out that the person who attacked him was a woman who thought she was on a prank TV show. What the fuck? And so this woman, this this woman had, as part of the, the prank show that she had been set up to do, and this is actually like a genius way to assassinate someone, she had been set up to go around to strangers in the airport and spray them with a bottle of, of stuff. And for all of these people that she did beforehand, the bottle was was normal and clean. It was water or whatever it was. Like perfume sample ladies at like the Chanel counter? I guess. I, I It's unclear. But essentially the report is that her kind of job was, you know, she was going to go around and spray people and they were going to film the reactions. But when it came time to do him, I guess they gave her a bottle with some sort of poison in it. And so she, she sprayed him and he fucking died. So this woman who assassinated him had no idea what she was doing she was just trying to be on tv let this be a lesson so the the lesson here is don't fuck with north koreans Um, well i'm really impressed i'm really impressed with the creativity honestly like that that is a great way to like because now the person who actually did it is completely unrelated to your mission. Had no idea they were, she was doing it. No. It's amazing. No. And what kind of toxic fuckery was in that right, spray bottle right, that of... he just needed a spray in the face yeah. that only impacted him 
And then he was de- just dead, dead, like, immediately afterwards. I know. So she was tricked into killing him, and that was that was kind of amazing. Like, that's like, who knew he had it in him, honestly? No. So rest rest in peace, Kim Jong-nam. You're probably better off. Better off. Um, I have. I don't know if you've seen the pictures. I wasn't sure if I could tell they were related, but they have the big Kim family watermelon head, like yeah, and the hair, and the hair, and the weird baby hair for sure. Yeah, <laughs> the cute little baby, the hair. cute little ch- chubby baby hair. Mm-hmm. So there is a family resemblance. So rest in yeah. peace. And um, the lesson here, even though it makes you feel weird, don't fuck with North Korea. Yeah, Jesus. And don't try to go to Disneyland, honestly. Don't go to Disneyland. Don't go to Disneyland. Don't piss off a North Korean and then go to Disneyland. Yeah. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. So there were plenty of other things that made us feel weird this week. But those were sort of our our highlights, I think. Um, If we can end on a positive note, though, on what doesn't make us feel weird and makes us feel amazing. Well, there are a couple of things in here that made me feel weird. There are a couple of things. So let's just talk about it. Put it out on the table. RuPaul's Drag Race Season 9. Come on, Season 9. <laughs> Come on, Season 9. So um, which of the drag queens do we like? Um, I need to look back at my list. I think... There are a lot of gorgeous women queens <laughs> this season. One of them, I think one is called Pheromone. She was Gorge Bush. Yeah. Um, I think the one that makes, she's also Gorge Bush, but also makes me feel weird, is Kamora Black, I think is her name. Kamora Black seems like she's going to be such a bitch, which I do appreciate. She is a bitchy um, in a Gia Gunn way. Shout out to Gia Gunn. Right, which is... Always appreciated. But we, we really liked Gia. So, um, and Gia did seem a little bit less bitchy than Kamora because she said she named herself Kamora because she loved Kamora Lee Simmons, but then she became irrelevant, but then yet still kept, <laughs> but then still kept her name. So yeah. also makes me think not that bright. No, <laughs> they never are though. That, that's true. They're, they're they, not they, known for their brights. You know, drag Race is one of those things that like, it is so over the top and so ridiculous that it's hard to explain what is so fun about it. And it, sometimes, sometimes, like a lot, of, a lot of times, I'll be watching the episodes and I'll be sort of like, "Oh my god, this challenge is so ridiculous!" Like they'll be doing some ridiculous musical number, but it's all like in such good fun, and it's yes. all just so celebratory that it's hard really not to kind of get behind it. I don't know, um, I don't know who I like this season, but one thing that MFW about one of the queens coming in was um, British queen Charlie Hydes. Oh, yes. She, yeah, she um, looks great. Her video is really funny. Found out she's British. She's also the oldest queen I think they've ever had. Should we be scared for when that bitch takes her mask off? Oh, I, I expect because that how old is a old? lot of Because ma- <laughs> that means she was older I, than Chad Michaels and she was yeah, old. I, I think Chad was late 40s. If I, maybe that's correct. Maybe not. Right. But I think Charlie's in her 50s. Okay. Um, but you Bitch know, looks good, in, though. in gay years, that's 700. So. Bitch looks good though. No, she does. Here's what made me feel weird. Turns out that she got in kind of a lot of trouble in the UK for doing blackface. Oh dear. Do they not know, know in the UK that that's not done here? <laughs> no, is that what the I, problem what, is? I don't think it's done in the UK, frankly. I, so, so she did, her version of blackface is not 
she essentially became like a whole other character for her performances you mean yeah she did like a character and yes. and so uh, you know it um it's one of those things that's still ill-advised you know it's like it's like dressing up and i i appreciate the artistry behind it but but i just I just recognize like, that it's not okay to do maybe i feel like she was not told no, but, that that is not done you know but drag uh, does have a drag does have a history of pushing envelopes like there was that whole controversy that this controversy mfw the whole shemale controversy <gasps> what was that where well, well, for the first few seasons of Drag Race, anytime RuPaul sent the contestants a message, oh. it would say, girl, you've got she-mail, and it would show up on the screen. Yes. People got upset because they said that she-mail was a derogatory reference to transgendered people. Because at, at one, po- at one oh. point, she... I think Carmen Carrera yeah, might have said something point, like that. At one point, you know, that was a term for, like trans prostitutes like in it. it was a neg- it was a negative but and, and derogatory derogatory but i mean but mmfw to get offended by that on drag race well i think that that's a, so many things that mmfw and you know not just me but a lot of people is is this over sensitivity and this goes back to the milo thing we're just you know sometimes a joke is just a joke and rupaul i understand rupaul's not transgender but he slash she is someone who makes a living you know, as a woman. And it's not sort of as a caricature of a woman necessarily. Like, like when Rue is in drag, like, this is a woman, right? And this is a female persona. And yeah, it's not all the time. And I understand that's different than transgender people. And that's not, you know. Right. And they say they're female right. illusionists. Right. They don't. It is, you know, this is someone who clearly has respect for women and respect for men who in some ways want to express themselves as women. So I just... It, it seems silly to me to get so offended by a word that no one even really uses anymore. Like, it's like a, you know. No. But, you know, I'm not transgender, so I'm not in a position to tell people what what they True. should get mad about. To be less sensitive about something. Right. So, and I won't, I won't do that. I personally don't think it's a big deal, but if transgendered people want to be upset about it, I mean, that's fine. It just did seem like they were attacking the wrong person. Yeah. Like, Rue is not someone who was anti-trans. And like, if you want to talk about transphobic people, let's talk about Milo. Fucking let's talk Milo. about Mike Pence. Let's talk about, you know, all of these people who are actively undermining the lives and the freedoms of trans people. Let's not fucking talk about a joke, a, a play on words in drag well, Like, let's, let's direct our attention correctly, I think. Honestly, a really good pun as well, just to give the pun the credit. Honestly, yeah, that's the thing is, I will... I will always default to a good pun, and that pun made me laugh every and time. And that's a fucking good one. Yeah. So that upset me that they had to get rid of it. So now you just have the the, the Rue kind of, ooh, whenever <laughs> kind of male comes in, but she doesn't say that the second part. It's, it's fine. It's just not, it's, I, I mean, I get it. I, I don't think it was, I think it was not seeing the forest for the trees, but, you know, more power to you. But I guess, I mean, I don't know. I, I again, I'm not a transgender, so... In my in my mind, it's a little overly sensitive, and also a little unappreciative for what that show and RuPaul has done for the drag community, and um, also the gay community. You know, there've been trans um, contestants on that show. The trans community, and I feel like, um, in light of all of that, she obviously isn't somebody who's trying to do that in a hateful way. And she's always been very upfront about. Um, not wanting to sort of be word policed. And, and she's always been, 
she's come across and you know i know there's a lot of we can get to this you know some other time there's sort of a lot of some there are some queens who kind of push back against rue because you know she's very positive i think she's very kind of controlling of her image and there's a lot of there's a lot of things you know you could read about on reddit but she's always been someone who has said like let's not police each other's jokes and language let's just sort of focus on you know how we make each other feel and like you know, like what we do for the community, because I think it's hard to argue that she has not been a supporter of the trans community. No. And so, and so, I just, I think that it, um, like, certainly for trans visibility, and I'm, and again, I'm not talking about the drag contestants. I'm talking about the contestants who come out as trans on the show and receive support on the show. But, um, so she's always been someone who said, like, let's not, let's not go after people's jokes. Let's, let's kind of look at their character. And so I, I and that's how I feel. I mean yes, you should know your audience. And there are certain jokes I would not make, you know, certainly at work. And there are certain jokes I would not make in mixed company. But, you know, I don't necessarily think we should be censoring our humor. At MMFW, when uh, people don't know their audience and they make jokes that are super inappropriate. Um, but I, I don't think that we should be censoring jokes. I think we should be knowing when it's appropriate and when we should just text our friends later what we were thinking and not say it out loud yeah exactly i mean so i'm super excited about the the queens for this season they're all very fishy i think for the most part they're so all they're all fishy they're so feminine um which you know and that's something else too that's kind of interesting is that it's not necessarily uh, and this is a bigger this is a bigger topic but you know fishy is seen as real positive in the drag community and uh, among some people and then among others it's it's sort of not yes. it, it's sort of cliche and obvious to be yeah. feminine it depends on your scene like right. i think for the puerto rican queens the pageant queens fishiness is a thing right. um then the brooklyn queens um they're more about comedy, right? Like the New York, the New York Brooklyn Queens are more about comedy or yeah. high fashion, it seems like. Yeah, and they're exact, like kind of exaggerated looks and not and like androgynous, you know, like vivacious yeah. kind of Yeah, thing. and drag as performance art. Right. Um, the Seattle Queens have a different thing going on over there. So I guess it just really depends. So, but overall, the contestants seem really fishy. I don't know how I feel, but that one, I don't know her name. She had like a blue purple gills coming out of her face oh um so yeah i don't remember her name either i i appreciate the the artistry of it i think she's kind of be going to be kind of a uh like comic book kind of the kind of, the anime you know. thing yeah yeah that seems to be a bigger thing so we're super excited about that um i don't yeah. know when it starts back up in march or they, something they, like yeah that. they they just say march they haven't actually said they haven't said when, but it's because they like to tease that shit out. What else made you feel weird? I'm trying to think what, what weird um, YouTube videos I've seen this week. Well, I showed you one a few weeks ago, but you refused to watch it because you said it made you feel too weird that, um, oh, that YouTube that of Demi Moore at a Snoop Dogg concert on oh, stage no. trying to get no. her then-husband Ashton <laughs> a lap dance to the no. the Snoop song, Beautiful. And well, this, is, this, this speaks to just my general dancing makes me feel weird, but just she's on stage and she's like so into it. And in the video, you can't even really hear the music, I don't think, so it's just this, this woman who looks fantastic. Looks fantastic, but also fantastic. 50. Right. Fantastic for a 50-year-old, but yeah. she's 50. I mean, even fantastic for, like, 
a 40 year old. Yeah. But she she looks great. But but just this this flailing around on stage and it's just like oh no please like it's like I like it makes me sweat watching it because I just feel so uncomfortable. I also don't think it was good dancing. If it wasn't white wine, it was like sexy drunk it dancing. It was white wine. It was white wine dancing. Mom dancing, sexy yeah, dancing. White wine. And that's what made me feel weird. And Mario, to this day, will not even watch the video. So I I watched the first like ten seconds of it, and I had to stop because it made me uncomfortable. Because he was so uncomfortable. It made me really uncomfortable. Um. So those are the kind of things that. I'd like to highlight for this week on what made us feel weird. Unless Mario, you have something else. No, I think I think we've covered a good, you know, a nice swath of, you know, the the uncomfortable world today. Uh, yeah, I think a range. Yeah, we got a good range of things. Well, thank you for listening to our very first episode of MMFW. Hope you enjoyed. If you liked it, please don't forget to rate, listen, and subscribe on iTunes. Oh, maybe not iTunes, wherever. Wherever it is. We'll figure it out. (laughs) Wherever it is. But make sure to subscribe and rate it, and that's how we get bumped up and get more um, listenership. So don't forget to do that. And follow us on Twitter at mmf weird and on facebook we have a facebook page at mmf weird there's a picture on the cover photo of a child blowing guy fury's hair off like it's a dandelion yeah we'll be featuring a lot of those weird fucking because because guy fury makes me feel weird Super all the weird. time by just that, his presence that sometimes i binge watch diners drive-ins and dives but that's oh is that his show oh it yeah is. it is you really shouldn't he makes me too feel too uncomfortable he gets really excited about about fried things about fried things about pastrami about gravy a lot of things about pork products in general <laughs> okay so <laughs> that that concludes us for today i think um we will spend the next week gathering more things that make us uncomfortable and bring them to you Uh, And until then, have a very uncomfortable week, everyone. (laughs) And then if you have any um, things that make you feel weird, we'd love to hear about it. So hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Bye, guys. Thank you. See you next week.